You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Welcome to the Fantasy Wildcard Show. I'll be your host tonight, Ali. You can follow me on Twitter at FF Dynasty Grill. And with me as always are my two amazing co-hosts. I'll come to you first, Matt. You can follow on Twitter at Matt FF Dynasty and someone that's doing rather well in a certain competition, <laughs> the, the Warrior Bowl. Uh, how you doing, Matt? Yeah, I'm doing very well. Thank you, Ali. Um, obviously, a, an insane week in the NFL with some ridiculous results in real terms and obviously in fantasy as well, some ridiculous scores. But yeah, I had a successful week in the Warrior Bowl and other solid out he moved up to fifth in the standings so at least it's going well in one competition for me um scott fishbowl will uh will not talk about but i'm sure you might want to talk about it a little bit more uh well yeah i mean it was a difficult week having uh king king henry out of my <laughs> team so i had to try and uh patch up my team a little bit but um but yeah managed to put together a half decent week another win nine and oh and up to third place so <laughs> Oh. Um, yeah, awesome. yeah. I'm, I'm not going to say any of, of my players because uh, I, I managed to curse Henry last time, didn't I? And uh, he went down, so I'm not going to mention any of my players. Yeah. <clears throat> so with that, we'll move on to our other amazing co-host. I'll come to you, Kev. You can follow on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Goat. How are you doing, Kev? Yep, doing fantastic tonight, Ali. Had a nice weekend, Dynasty wise. My contending teams won. My rebuilding teams lost in the main. There's just one or two in the middle, which I'd like to swing those results. But, but yeah, it's been a, a great weekend. Uh, I also took part in a competition with one of our listeners, Paul Picken, um, called the Head to Head to Head to Head. Uh, Matt's been on it. I think you're on it soon as well. Um, I did. A, I had a really great week on that, to be honest. I scored the second highest points of all time, Ooh. unfortunately. <laughs> Someone scored the first ice points all time this week. So, um, oh, wow. so, yeah, a bit gutted. But I did say if I did win, I'd change my name to Kev Picken on Twitter. So, <laughs> good news. I don't have to do that. But, yeah, it's a really fun format. Paul Picken, you can follow him at Paul underscore Picken, and he does this every week. It's a fun little competition. Um, and I'm sure you'll have a blast on it next week, Ali. I will do. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so hopefully I'll get somewhere close to your score from this weekend. <laughs> <We'll> <laughs> so see. yeah, fantastic put, competition. Put me to shame anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I know when I, when I was on, I think I finished last um, out of the lot. So thanks for redeeming the, the wildcard name. <laughs> uh, you did keep that one quiet, Matt. <laughs> All right, so tonight's show, we're going to be recapping week nine of the NFL season where we'll be highlighting some of the key players and talking points from this week's action and then analysing them from a dynasty perspective. So you're up first, Matt. Who do you want to talk about? Yeah, so I thought we'd start with Sam Darnold, the guy that made a hot start to the season, but he's absolutely come crashing back down to earth over the last couple of weeks. Um, reports have come out this week that he's going to undergo an MRI scan on his on his shoulder, but I don't think I could put down the poor performance that he's had for the last few weeks, just down to that that injury. I mean, it's been the last four or five weeks when he's struggled. Um, just looking back, week one to week four, he was the QB5, averaging 24.4 fantasy points per game. But then weeks four to weeks nine, um, he was the QB30, averaging just nine fantasy points per game. So, as I say, I had a, had a real crashing back down to earth performance. Um, and, it, and, it, and I'm gutted about it, to be honest. I was hopeful that that Darnold could be, could be something in this preseason. Um, I was hoping he was going to unlock DJ Moore, a guy that that I was quite high on, and and as I say, just just hoping that the moving from from Teddy on to Darnold would would unlock DJ Moore. But sadly, um, that's that's not really happened. Um, as I say, he did make that strong start. He averaged, um, sorry, he had five rushing touchdowns in those first four weeks. So was looking like a, a really good fantasy play. Obviously, we we love the rushing upside, and, and when a QB is getting your rushing touchdowns, it's it's always great. But yeah, the, the the poor form's coming is is absolutely struggling at the minute. Um, just looking over some of his um, metrics at the moment: twenty third in red zone completions, thirty first in deep ball completions, 29th in adjusted air yards, and 29th in accuracy rating. So, as I say, just just really struggling at the moment. And um, 
you could say maybe is it down to the injuries to McCaffrey and obviously the trade of the elite tight end Dan Arnold. So <laughs> maybe maybe you could put that down to some of the reasons why he's struggling. But as I say, I, the fact is averaging nine fantasy points per game, it's it's just it just doesn't cut it at the moment. You can't even start him, can you? In fantasy, if you're in super flex leagues, you're you're better off starting a, a wide receiver or a running back because he's just not putting up the points. Um, just looking at this past week. 3.8 fantasy points. I mean, I think that ranked 185th <laughs> out of all positions. So wow. just just abysmal, really, from from Dan, Dan Arnold. Uh, Dan Arnold. From Sam, <laughs> from Sam, Sam Darnold. So, yeah, just, as I say, shocking. I know Ali, your favourite tight end, Ali Cox, he even got the same oh, amount yes. of points as, as what Sam Darnold did, and he only had one reception for 28 yards. So <laughs> he just goes to show how much he's struggling. But I think alarm bells are going to have to start ringing now with him both short-term and long-term. Um, we know that the Panthers, they exercised that fifth-year option on, on his contract when they traded for him. So he is going to earn $18 million in, in 2022 before becoming a free agent. But, yeah, I just don't think the Panthers can justify starting him next season if he carries on underperforming like this. I mean, if I was a Panthers fan, I definitely wouldn't want him to, to be the starter next year if, if he finishes the season the way things are going. So my question to you guys is a simple one, but... Do you think Sam Darnold will be the starting NFL quarterback next season? And if so, who do you think for? I mean, first of all, I think it's funny that he struggled again against Bill Belichick. Obviously, the <laughs> seeing ghosts again, I guess, um, <laughs> despite being for a new team. Uh, but to, to answer the question simply, it's, it's no for me. I don't think he should be a starting QB next season. I don't think he will be. Um, I don't think he should be bought for free first season, Dynasty Nerds. Uh, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a bit of a miss on that one. But I think the warning signs were in, in New York when he played with the Jets. Um, he had the fur, further smoke of mirrors early on this season with the Panthers where he was sort of killing it on the ground, saving his fantasy production that way with the touchdowns. Speaking of killing it, he's killing the Panthers' weapons, isn't he? You can't really trust anybody uh, in that offence right now. Maybe DJ more at a push, but he has to drop into that wide receiver two range, I think. Maybe wide receiver three with... Darnold there. I think it was hilarious to exercise him his, his uh, franchise tag before, uh, sorry, his fifth-year option before the draft. Um, thinking about guys who were there at, at the Panthers pick, Matt Jones, um, Justin Fields as well. So just looks stupid that they did that transaction. I think Howie Roseman should give them the laptop back. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think the contract that Darnold's got, it locks him into the roster unless they're going to take a Carson Wentz style dead cap hit. Um, I can't believe anybody picked Sam Darnold over Teddy Bridgewater from a real life perspective as a short term stopgap type of guy. Um, I think the Panthers have got to do everything they can to move on. Uh, it's going to be really hard. It's going to have to be something cheap, I'd imagine. So, my cheap fit for that offense that can probably go after this offseason as a free agent is Mitch Trubisky. I think he's mm -hmm. someone that fits offense a little bit better. He gives you that dual threat ability. Um, and I think he's been harshly done in, in Chicago. So I think if I was a Panthers fan and it was a cheap option, Mitch Trubisky sees him. Wow, them, them poor Panthers fans. <laughs> got Sam Darnold or Mitch Trubisky to, to root for. Uh, no, it's a good shout there. And the, just the fact that they paid so much of Teddy Bridgewater's salary just to get him out of town is is looking like such a dumb move now. Um, and what a massive fall from grace it was with for Sam Darnold when... Yeah, the the certain fantasy outlet touted him to be worth three first round picks. It was <laughs> it was hilarious then, and it's even more hilarious now. Uh, so yeah, if, if you are a, a Panthers fan or a or a Sam Darnold owner, it, I think it really is panic stations right now. And Matt, you've hit the nail on the head. He's he's unstartable now. I've got him in two leagues, and I'm really finding it hard to to start him ahead of a non quarterback. To be honest. Um, yeah, I think the Panthers, they've got to be desperate for the for the bye to come just so that they can try and figure something out on offense. He's not thrown a touchdown in three games. And in that span, he's had four interceptions. So really not very good. Um, and add to that, that then rushing touchdowns that were giving him a nice floor, as you mentioned, Kev. They've all but dried up. He's not had a rushing touchdown since week four. Um, but the Panthers, they're clearly still all in on Darnold, just given the contract situation. So... I think if you do have him, I don't think you should sell him right now for peanuts. I think I'd still wait a few weeks. He's got a great-looking schedule coming up on paper. Um, then I'll try and get what I can for him if he does 
just increase his production just a little bit. But to answer your question, Matt, I can't honestly can't see him starting anywhere next season. So no. Um, if if he finishes this season okay, uh, then the Panthers might give him another shot, um, just because they did extend him. But but personally, I I just want him benched right now for just for all my Robbie Anderson shares because <laughs> there was that clip of Robbie Anderson shouting at him and. It just summed up perfectly the situation. Uh, but I just want to get your take on it, Matt. Can you see him being the starting quarterback next season? I think if he is going to be a starter, I think you both just covered it perfect, to be honest. It's going to be with the Panthers, isn't it, if anybody. I can't see anybody wanting to take that contract on for a player that's that's struggled so far. We've not really seen anything from him since he's been in the NFL, have we? I mean, we put down no. the struggles at the start down to the fact that he was playing under Gase and, and all this <laughs> and that. But he's coming to the Panthers, started well, but God, is. He has looked terrible these past few games. Um, if he is struggling with his shoulder injury as well, we we could see a, a change at quarterback as well. And is it PJ Walker? I think it's called that. Yeah, the, the backup, and obviously he's got a bit of rushing upside as well. So he's probably going to be a better start for you in fantasy than what <laughs> than what Sam Donald's been. So yeah, I just I just, I just can't see it unless he it does stick with the Panthers and. As you say, if, like Kev made a good suggestion, if they can get a, another cheap quarterback, maybe get some kind of quarterback competition going with the with the Panthers. Maybe that can help elevate him a little bit more, make him push him a little harder. Because, yeah, as I say, he's he's just not looking good, is at the minute. It's not no, and uh, we're going to move on to another quarterback at the minute who is mm. possibly struggling as well. Over to you, Kev. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really interesting. This guy's struggling with what is actually. Still, uh, still putting onto onto the stat sheet, but yeah, I'm talking about Patrick Mahomes. He's like the Chiefs. He's struggling at the moment. He got ten point four four fantasy points this week against the Rodgersless Packers, and it's the third week on the trot without a multiple passing touchdown output. So, like I said, such a high standard that he's struggling. He's the QB six on the season. He's the QB nine in fantasy points per game. Uh, but it's all the high standards he's set in the past. He's Never been outside the top six in fantasy points per game in the previous full three seasons he's played in the NFL. And he's not giving you that dual threat uh, ability of the rival QBs around him in fantasy. He wins with his generational arm talent, but again, that's letting him down 10 interceptions in nine games, which is uh, it's only behind Joe Burrow and the guy we just spoke about, Sam Dial. So turning it over too much. Uh, he's, he's only QB4 in passing yards despite declining defence. Um, and uh, the reason he's a dynasty QB1 is because he's so safe and predictable. You know exactly what you're getting from, from the past game, but he's not giving you that anymore. We are in that Konami QB era where you're getting a higher ceiling from guys like Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. I think also there's minor concerns. Um, there's an aging Travis Kelsey, who's 32. He's potentially on the decline slightly. Uh, an improving division, all the teams are above 500. And a tough schedule to finish this season as well, uh, if you're a contender. And I think the safety of his floor is not the same right now as it has been previously. So uh, it's fair to say all the high-end QBs have bad games, but Mahomes has been outside QB1 scoring in four of the last five games, which is concerning. Uh, I know last week we did our consensus dynasty rankings and we all had Mahomes as number one QB in dynasty still. But I, I do think it's time to maybe ponder on that a little bit. And I just want to get your guys' thoughts on with him struggling. At what point do you seriously consider adjusting him and moving him out of the dynasty QB one spot? Yeah. So currently, as you mentioned, we've just put him as all of our QB ones in our, in our rankings. He's, he's not dropped any places for me and he, he will have to struggle for a, quite a few more games for me to drop him down. But the only thing that he has done is he's come back into that tier below with, with Josh Allen and Kyler Murray, I have in a tier two, whereas Mahomes was in his own tier. Um, he's now dropped down to theirs. Um, no longer can I say that he's above these guys, but I would still label him as my quarterback one. Um, but it's just been been a massive shock to see the Chiefs as a whole, their offense just stuttering so badly. Mahomes' last five games, these are the stats. He's had six passing touchdowns and eight turnovers, six interceptions and two fumbles lost, which is... Well, that's like Sam Darnold, really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this I mean, this season as a whole across the NFL has been a bit strange with the top quarterbacks having some real down weeks. Um, Josh Allen this week certainly comes to mind. Um, Kyler's had a few weeks. Dal uh, Dak managed to salvage his day late on after struggling for most of the game. 
this week. Um, but you have to say Mahomes has been the worst of the of the top group, especially uh, the, just the last three weeks. Is the quarterback twenty two, and that's behind Geno Smith, who's actually only played two games. So it just shows how <laughs> bad that he's been. Uh, and and this week, yeah, the, the Chiefs and Mahomes they've got a massive divisional game coming up against the Raiders, and they really can't afford to lose that game. Or the, the playoffs are going to start to seem quite a, quite a long way off with with how good the AFC is this this season. Um, but in terms of dynasty, I, I do like to invest in a good good organisations and and good coaches. And I, I have to believe that the Chiefs are going to figure it out. Um, I mean, he's still the quarterback six on the season, um, but just looking at it from a whole, it, it doesn't doesn't feel like he's is up that high. Um, but yeah, just come back to me in a minute and I've got a, a cheeky question to throw to you. Oh, right. So I'll, I'll start by answering Kev's question and I'll probably say that now's the time to start considering um, moving him out of that, that QB1 spot. Kev, you mentioned it. None of us have done it at the moment and, and I'm happy to admit that he is still my QB1. But I think the reason why he was many people's dynasty QB1 is because he does have such a safe floor all the time. There was potentially massive weekly ceiling as well on any given week, given the fact he's on such a, a high-powered offence. He finishes the QB1 in 2018 um, before QB7 and QB4 finished the two years after that. And like you mentioned, he is still the QB6 at the moment. Um but yeah, I think he was in his own tier, wasn't he, before the season started? Yeah. I'd go a little bit further than what Ali said. I'd probably put the top five, maybe even top six quarterbacks in the same tier altogether. Um, like Ali mentioned, there's been plenty of up and down weeks for, for all these guys. So um, I think it's hard if you're judging off, off this season and the fact there's some young guys coming up in, uh, rising up the rankings in terms of quarterbacks and everything. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it if somebody came out and, and said that they had any of those top five or six guys as, as the QB one in Dynasty. Um, but, I mean, there's no denying the talent that Mahomes has got. I'd, I still think he's easily the best quarterback in, in the NFL, and, and I wouldn't be shocked if he does bounce back at, at some point soon. Um, but it is worth mentioning that his remaining schedule, it does look quite tough on, on the face of it. He's got Denver twice, who we just seen put up a great performance against the Cowboys. Um, and then he's got the Chargers and, and the Steelers as well just to name a couple more. So some some tough defences coming up. I mean, what a shock it would be if the Chiefs missed out on the playoffs. I mean, it would be unthinkable to, to even suggest that at the start of the year. But as we mentioned, this AFC West, it's, it's looking like a strong division at the moment. So, um, yeah, it's going to be really competitive. Uh, Ali, I'll, I'll pass it back to you to ask this question. I'm, uh, I'm intrigued. <laughs> just talking about his struggles, we've seen it for a few weeks now. And I know, obviously, he's got the massive record-breaking contract, but just wanted to get your thoughts on whether you think it's time to, well, not, not maybe time to sell Mahomes, but would you be thinking about taking offers for Mahomes? So, for example, if someone offered you Lamar or Dak Plus, would you be looking to take that? Or do you think you'd still be on Mahomes for the long run? Yeah, I think for me... I would do it with Lamar if it was, say, Lamar in a first, because I've got them in the same tier, but my tiers are slightly different. I've got Dak in the tier below, so I wouldn't move off him at that price. Yeah, I think what Kev mentioned, if you could get Lamar plus plus extra, I think I'd be doing that. Like I said, I think that, that top five or six, I think it's starting to really close up now, and um, it feels a, a bit reactionary. I mean, we're, we're, what are we, nine, <laughs> nine weeks in, and, and I feel like it's too soon to, to even consider moving Mahomes down. Like I say, with the talent that he's got, is I think he's the best quarterback in the league and he's still so young, got so much ability. So, yeah, maybe it is a bit reactionary to, to what we're seeing at the moment and we, we could look like idiots at the end of the season if he, <laughs> if he turns it around, gets into the playoffs and, and wins him a Super Bowl. But, um, yeah, I think if, if you could if you could move off him for a guy that you have either in a tier with him or, or as I say, one of those top five or six guys and get something extra, then, yeah, I have no issue with, with doing that. I don't want to yeah. blow smoke up you, Ali, but I can't believe the Chiefs were the favourites for the Super Bowl after last season with your books returning all 22. It's <laughs> That was a biggest shock for me. Shocking, mate. Disrespectful, I'd say. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it really is. Yeah. I'm glad you can see sense, though, Kev. <laughs> uh, right, we're going to move on to, to my pick, and it's a, it's a quarterback on the rise, I think. So mm. we're going to talk about Justin Herbert. And my team, the Bucks, were on by this week, so I had to turn my attention to my my second team, the Chargers. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, certainly Justin Herbert, he... 
he got me rather aroused this week just for how <laughs> how dominating he was <laughs> against your Eagles, Kev. Um, <laughs> they've been okay against opposing quarterbacks this season, but he he absolutely torched them. The stats were unreal. So thirty-two of thirty-eight passes for for three hundred and fifty-six yards and two touchdowns, and then he he also ran in a score of his own. It was a a massive bounce back week from a couple of disappointing weeks, and people were maybe questioning him, but um. Yeah, I just imagine that that was the feeling that you got, Matt, watching Michael Carter in, in week eight absolutely <laughs> dominate that arousing feeling. <laughs> oh yeah. Very aroused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was this was firmly back where you want to see Justin Herbert. Is he for me he knocks on the door to that that next tier with with Dak and Lamar? Um but I think to get there, I think he needs to continue to use his legs. So five he had five rushing attempts this week, which was the was the highest of the season. I'd like to see that continue. Um but then he averages 40 pass attempts per game, which is really good for the quarterback you want in Dynasty. Um, even even when the Chargers are leading, they stay aggressive. I absolutely love the new coaching staff. They continually they go for it on fourth down rather than punt it away, which I find an absolute breath of fresh air. Um, and, and this week he was just spreading the ball around everywhere. So all the tight ends got involved. Everyone got involved. Um, he really did look back to his best. And just looking ahead, he's... He's got an amazing playoff schedule coming up. He's got the Bengals, Giants, Chiefs, and and the Texans. So um, just look out for the for the rest of the season. Um, and, and actually, I said at the start of the season on our on our flag plant show that Justin Herbert he was my guy. He, he'd pick up where he left off last season, and after the season, I, I said that he'd join the next tier up. Um, and then I think if he if he does now smash it over this next great playoff schedule, I think I'm firmly moving him up to that that tier with Dak and Lamar in my dynasty rankings. So my question to you guys is, is what's your guys view on Herbert's dynasty value? Do, do you think that he can make it into that next tier with, with Dak and Lamar or, or if not, do you think you'd be selling right now if you thought that he was at peak value? Yeah, I kind of hinted at it when I answered Kev's question on Mahomes. He is my QB six, but I do think he's right on the edge of joining those top five guys for me in uh, in terms of dynasty. Um, it's hard to make arguments for him not to join that that group. I think, um, like we've said, this this offense it looks really strong under Brandon Staley and, and Joe Lombardi. They, they seem to have got a really good offense going at the moment. And um, the Chargers ranked fourth in pass attempts per game and fifth in. Uh, passing yards per game so like you said the passing volume it's it's definitely there and then he does have that little bit of rushing upside as well on the ground 95 yards and, and two touchdowns so far this season like you mentioned I'd like to see it maybe take a, a step forward again I mean he is an underrated runner I'd like to see him maybe used a bit more but at the same time you've got to think he is their franchise quarterback and the last thing you want is him taking a hit I saw it this week he, he made a bit of a run and I heard all the commentators saying how he needs to make himself a bit smaller for being such a big guy. is is quite easy to take down low. So maybe he does have to learn to maybe get a little bit lower when he is running the ball. But yeah, I would like to see him maybe take that next step as a as a rusher because I know he can do it. We, we've seen it before. So um, yeah, I just think that's that's what's stopping him maybe getting into that top tier. But I think after just just saying all that, I think I've talked myself into maybe putting him into that tier with uh, with those guys because he is just such an un- unbelievable talent. Um, yeah, so I, I don't think I'd be selling him as well because I think he can make that jump into that tier. And I feel like at the moment, consensus probably is a little bit below those top five guys. So um, I'll probably wait because I think he can jump into into that next tier. Yeah, I mentioned on the last show that he had a shaky few games, although it was a tough schedule um past couple of weeks before. Um being stuck into them eagles, which is quite enjoyable <laughs> for me. Um, but yeah, he's been he's been rock solid in our rankings as well. We we had him ranked at six for all of us. Our rankings were six six six. So Justin oh, Herbert, Justin Herbert, Devil Arms in it. So um, yeah, just lack of Konami um, QB is is the reason I can't really move up into that top four. I don't think he's a Mahomes level passer yet. I think there's potential to get close. I do think he's got further growth there but I can't put him in that level in the same tier as Mahomes without him being um, um, a more more used as a rusher because he did have some touchdowns last season I think him and Dak are in that tier too I've got Lamar higher I think if you can move off Herbert to Lamar Kyler Allen or Mahomes going sideways I'd absolutely do it um, and I've got a small concern about what it looks like in the future with 
Um, with Mike Williams potentially going, a new tight end, uh, Keenan Allen approaching 30, Eckler 26-27. It's, it's just only a slight concern. We could say the same for Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Yeah. But, yeah, I just wonder what, what your guys' thoughts are. How far ahead do you look in terms of sort of weapons that could be leaving? Yeah, probably a bit like you. I think you're playing a two-year window, Kev. I think I'm more two to three years. I, I think if you look anything past that, uh, I just don't think you're playing the right game. I think you've got to look next two, three years. And it, it is when you when you say it like that, it is a bit of a concern with with the running back. You know, we, we say 26 is where they start to fall off, unless your name's Derek Henry. <laughs> but, um, well... <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully they they tie up Mike Williams, Keenan Allen's tied down. Um, I just I just love the aggressive nature of the coach and staff. Um, so yeah, and then certainly the next couple of years, um, I, I think it's a uh, full throttle for for her. But I think he's only going to get better. Um, and yeah, I think he's going to join that that next tier. Yeah, I'm a little bit like you two two to three years is is when I, what I'm looking at when. When playing Dynasty, and, and it's always hard because you, you don't know what's going to happen in the future, do you? I mean, it's easy to say they're going to lose these guys, but who's to say that they're not going to pick up some some other awesome weapons in in free agency? Maybe draft a, a wide receiver that's the the next Jamar Chase. I mean, you don't know, dear, you, when you're looking Oof. two or three years in advance. So mm-hmm. it's it's always hard. And I think a guy like Eckler as well. We, we, we mentioned it before when we talk about Eckler, the way that he's used is not really a between the tackles runners. So I feel like that gives him a little bit longer in in terms of longevity at a running back. So if he's 26, I think we can maybe at least have two years out of him, if, if not more. So, yeah, it, it doesn't worry me too much when thinking about it. But I will admit, I did think about mentioning it when I was talking about him, um, that if there was going to be any kind of concern, it would be that it's becoming a bit of an aging, aging offence. But I just think the situation that the offence is in with the, the coaching staff that they have, the way things are going at the moment... Um, I think it, it's too much of a risk to, to try and predict the future because, I mean, we can't even predict week to week, can we, at the moment in the NFL? Exactly. So <laughs> to try and predict two, three years down the line, it's it's tough. So I just go off what I can see at the moment and maybe next season. And, and it, it looks good, I think, for, for Herbert. And Dynasty as well, it's not like you're tied into, you can't trade for three years, you can make a trade yeah, next exactly. week. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, we're going to move on to the wide receiver position now. And it, uh, someone else who's, uh, who has a bit of an uncertain future will come to mm. you, Matt. Yeah, um, I'll just start by saying I absolutely love this guy in the, in the off-season. It's, it's Christian Kurt, the wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, yeah, really liked him in the off-season. Then they went and drafted Rondell Moore and that kind of crushed my, my dreams and hopes for him this season. But I think he's, he's still had a really impressive season so far. Currently sits as the wide receiver 23. Um, coming off a six reception game for for 91 yards and he's averaging 13.4 fantasy points per game so easily one of his his best seasons so far in the NFL and, and on pace for a, for a great year um I feel like it's because he's, he's actually being used now in in the role that I was hoping he would have and, and a role that he thrived in at Texas A&M when he was in college with Larry Fitzgerald gone um he's averaging 87 percent of his snaps in the slot and I just think that's that was always going to be key for for somebody like Kirk. He was constantly being used as a as a deep threat, and I just I just don't think that was his game. A lot of people, a lot of people far more intelligent than me, also said that that that's not his game. He needs to be in the slot, and it's just great to see him now being utilised in the slot. Um, and he's actually averaging sixty seven point eight a yards per game as well. So it's not like he's just getting all the the short routes and, and the short receptions. He's actually getting some some air yardage as well so it's just looking really good for Kirk at the moment um his matchups around the season look appealing as well with some matchups against the the Seahawks twice he's got the Lions and the Cowboys so some poor pass defenses coming up for him so short term I think you can you can be excited about Christian Kirk and then long term I think that's when things start to become interesting Ali you just mentioned it that he's potentially a free agent this offseason so um yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in the off-season. If he does carry on this form, he'll be coming off a strong season and potentially what is a, a weak uh, free agency in terms of, of wide receivers. So if Kirk can carry on putting up these these good games, then I think he's going to be in high demand this off-season if the Cardinals decide not to retain him. So I was just wondering what you guys think. Do you hope that Kirk maybe moves on in the off-season to improve his fantasy value or are you happy for him to now stay in, in Arizona seeing what we've seen so far? 
Yeah, first of all, I've just got to say that I have traditionally been the lowest on Kirk out of us three. Um, I know we had uh, DFB and Kout on as a, as a guest duo since Chuck um, this off-season. He, he touted Kirk as a guy to go after and buy, and I didn't really agree with that take. But, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be proven wrong. He's had a, a brilliant start to the season. Um, in terms of do I want him to stay, do I want him to go, I'd like him to stay in Arizona if I... Uh, oh, I've got him in a couple of spots actually. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. I did trade for me in two places, one of them were you, Matt. That's probably your influence. But um he's doing great. He's top six in fantasy points per target. He's tied to an improving elite QB in Kyler Murray. Um you've got AJ Green and New Copkins who are on the downward slope of their career. Uh, and I think the Rondale worries they've turned out to be overblown. He's clearly ahead of him in usage as it stands. Um it's really interesting, the Cardinals system, obviously, they go four wide receivers quite a lot. They actually have four guys in the top 30 in slot snaps, which means that they're just rotating the, the guys into the slot, and that's great for Kirk, because he's the ideal slot flanker guy. Um, really impressive this year. I'm still not totally in, because it is a contract year. We can see sometimes players do elevate it in the contract year. But, but yeah, I'd want him to stay in Arizona, there's potentially bigger volume coming if uh, the older guys take a little bit less um, and the Rondale concerns um, were a, a little bit a little bit overblown in my eyes. <laughs> yeah, Kirk's always been one of my guys and I'm glad that you brought him up. I'm glad that he's finally shown what he's capable of. Uh, he obviously got the chance this week to show what he can do with a bigger workload with Nick Hopkins out and also Kyler Murray and uh, you just saw the results. He even tossed a 33-yard pass that was so close to being a touchdown. Um, but yeah, in answer to your question, I, I hope he stays as well. I think Kev, you made some really good points. Um, AJ Green is a, a shadow of, of what he once was and, and Luke Hopkins is getting up there in age as well. So I'd, I'd love to see him stay and carry on that slot role just because he's been a, a big part of the Cardinals' success this season. Um, and I also think that he's not the sort of guy that you can just take and put him on any other team and then he, he produced the same numbers. I think he needs the right system and if everything to be right. Um, I think there's a lot of bad coaching this season and there's some star wide receivers being non-existent. So Alan Robinson, Robbie Anderson and Brandon Ayuk, they all spring to mind. Uh, <clears throat> so I, I just hope that he's not looking for a big payday and he ends up with someone, he ends up somewhere like the Lions or somewhere like that. Um, but <laughs> I think if he was to get a move away, then I'd be looking just to capitalise on any off-season hype and just probably sell my shares. Um, but, but yeah, so how about you, Matt? Obviously, being a big Cardinals fan and a, a big Christian Kirk fan, <laughs> where would well, you like to see him? Yep, the, I think the Cardinals definitely are my second team by default. Kev likes to always mention how much I uh, <laughs> gush over these Cardinals players. So, yeah, I think it's safe to say my second team. Um, yeah, I think if you asked me this before the season, I'd probably say I'd, I'd hoped he moved. Obviously, we'd not seen anything really from him, but I was still hopeful. But then the fact that they... The, um, the draft of Rondell Moore, it, it did raise some concerns for me thinking that they had all these wide receivers. But like I've mentioned, they do run uh, four receiver sets quite a lot. So um, the opportunity is still there for him. And yeah, he's, he's thrived this year. So I think if he were to move in free agency, I think there's a lot more landing spots that are going to harm his value rather than, than improve his value. I think he's probably in one of the better spots at the moment. Um, in terms of producing fantasy, you always want these guys on these high-powered offense, high-scoring offenses that... They get plenty of players. The Cardinals, um, I think they run one of the the top um, one of the top speeds in terms of of uh, plays per game. So, yeah, I think in terms of landing spots, I don't think you can really get much better than the Cardinals. So, um, have made some great points as well about the aging wide receivers in terms of. Hopkins and, and AJ Green. Even though I am still a I'm still a Hopkins fan, Kev, I'm, I'm not ready to to give up on Hopkins just yet. But yeah, I think I think he's got to stay in and, and just be tied to to Kyler Murray, a, a young quarterback. It's it's yeah, it seems it seems ideal at the moment. Yeah, certainly. And then uh, a situation that doesn't seem ideal is when we move on to your guy Kev and uh, a guy that might not be playing this weekend. Yeah, it's a it's a bit of a curveball coming, uh, getting some news late just before the show. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to talk about Nick Chubb. Uh, big week for him this week. Twenty nine point three fantasy points against the Bengals, and it's it's it should have been predictable. Really, it's the third time in six games against them that he's had multiple touchdowns. 
Um, he actually spearheaded my lineup in the head to head to head to head that I mentioned. Uh, I was ready at this point to celebrate and go wild, but sadly I got caught. Um, actually, I got caught within the last minute on Monday Night Football just to add a bit more comedy to the situation. Pat, Pat Fryermuth catching that pass with less than wow. a minute to go. That did me in the end. So uh, cheers, Postman Pat. But anyway, um, Nick Chubb, I think it was. Really impressive output. He put up 29.3 fancy points on only 16 touches. And he does remain one of the top pure runners in the NFL. He's now running back 14 on the season and running back 12 in fantasy points per game. You've also got the, the bonus that Kareem Hunt's going to miss uh, probably till about week 12, week 14, which he'll play the Ravens in both of those weeks uh, or, or one of those weeks. So it was ramping up for a strong finish for the season for Nick Chubb, but obviously... <laughs> He's now got COVID. He's going to miss this week. It's looking very likely that's the, the case. Um, I have been a known Nick Chubb fader in the past. I've loved the talent. I've hated the pass usage and the volatility that comes with being a two-down back. Um, I've, I took plenty of shit a couple of years ago. I called him a poor man's Derrick Henry at the time. And I got laughed at. But look how that's turned out with Derrick Henry, how he's become what he has today. Um, I've still got concerns with Chubb, though. Limited pass usage, eight catches in six games this season. He's 26 in December, and he's still a touchdown dependent running back one. Also, in 26 games without a touchdown, he's only scored 15-plus fantasy points the once. So, yeah, it's super volatile. Uh, I've never got why he's been a top-eight dynasty running back. Chubb owners must be like Shallow Hal after he's been hypnotised in that film. Um <laughs> Jokes aside, though, I, I think if he got the Najee opportunity, he'd get about 600 points a season. But, yeah, I just want to know, if you have Chubb and you're a contender, are you treating him similar to Derek Henry where he's on your roster until the end? Or is there a deal he can make now or even in this off-season to get younger and still remain competitive? Uh, yeah, so it's easy. The answer is he just got to trade him for Javante Williams. <laughs> 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 but, no... <laughs> I think I think if you have it, you have him. You've got to hold him. It's very much like a Derrick Henry situation, and and honestly, I've I've tried to trade Chubb away, but honestly, nobody seems interested. Uh, I think whilst whilst Hunt is out and whilst Chubb is is producing big games like like last week, then I think you might get a little bit of success getting a a decent amount for him. But but it's certainly tough if you're a contender. He's he's an automatic start. Although I never seem to think that. He's going to put up massive points for me and, and win me a week. But obviously, last week was would have been the case. But he does give you a, a, certainly a safe floor, but not always a high ceiling. And it's that pass usage that you mentioned. It's just eight targets this season so far and only 18 in all of last season. Um, and then the worst that is he's not caught a receiving touchdown since 2018, which is awful for a, a fantasy running back. Uh, but he has got a great schedule coming up this season. He's got the Patriots the Lions and then the Ravens twice either side of the bye. So I think if you are going to sell him, then I think you do have a, a small window until certainly until Hunt comes back. I think Chubb can easily put up for RB one weeks on the bounce. And then you've got some good, certainly because some good trade ammo. Um, if, but then if I'm not really contending and I'm trying to get out of it, then what would the price be? I think I'll take a first and a second for, for Chubb. Uh, but then, but yeah, I'd certainly, if I had him, I'm sorry. I'd much rather just package him up and uh, try and pay, try and pay whatever it took to get to get <laughs> Javante Williams or, or someone like that. Yeah, I'm a little bit like yourself, Kev. I've never really been a, a big fan of Chubb, but I think if you are a contender and, and you've got him, um, I think you've got to keep him at least for for this season. Like I just mentioned, the schedule it's the third easiest schedule amongst running backs to to round out the season. So, with that in mind, I think it's going to be really hard to move off him and get somebody that can potentially put up the, the production that he can um, for, for the rest of the season and join the playoffs. Um, but I think, however, in the off-season, I'd have no issues with with moving off him. As I say, I'm not I'm not his biggest fan. I don't think I've got him in any leagues, to be honest. Um, so so I can't make the, the decision on, on moving him. But yeah, I think if I did have him, I think you could definitely look to do it in the off-season. Um, like we said, the, the lack of passing upside, it just really concerns me with somebody like Chubb. You feel like you're, you're just relying, aren't you, on those big games on the ground and admittedly he is one of the the best runners of the ball but it still just feels risky uh, every week because as I say you just, you just don't know how it's going to play out without those um those receptions to, to give him a steady floor but 
to answer your question, what, what could you get for him? I think if you're looking at a player and, and somebody that I'd maybe be targeting and who I think stands out, Antonio Gibson. Um, I mentioned last week that I, I still believe that we've yet to see the very best of Gibson, especially in terms of, of his passing usage and, and what he can do in the passing game. Um, and then if if our worst fears do come true and, and the, the Washington decide to shut him down for the year, um, if they do fall out of playoff contention, then I think you could potentially get some value for Gibson in, from from disgruntled managers who who maybe want to move off Gibson if they've, they've not been able to have him during their playoff run. So that would be a move that I'd look to do. Um, as I say, I've got Gibson higher in, in my dynasty rankings, and I just think that, as I say, if, if, if he was to, to be shut down and we don't get him for, for the last five, six games of, of the season, then his value is going to drop. And yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd happily move off Chubb for, for somebody like Gibson. What would you do, Kev? You, would you make a move like that? I know we've, we spoke about it last week about Gibson and and... Who knows what's going to happen with him in, in terms of this season? Would you look to make a, a move like that? Yeah, you're a smart dude, Matt. I mean, I've not got Chubb in any league either, so um, well, <laughs> must must just be uh, something in the water up north <laughs> in the UK. Um, but yeah, I think I guess if you like the Chubb profile, the first guy that sort of sprung to mind for me, someone that's similar in how he gets his fantasy points, but also younger is J.K. Dobbins. Um, yeah. I think if you're Chubb only, you probably like the Dobbins profile minus the injury. Um, or any of the injured rookies, really, ETN. Um, well, that's the only rookie, but Acres as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I'd do something like that uh, to, to sort of move off and get younger. But, yeah, it's, he's not a guy that I've really ever bought into. I've always been on the Kareem Hunt side of, of things. Yeah. Well, I totally agree because you're talking about a similar level of production from Hunt when they're both playing and he's yeah. obviously comes at a lot, a lot cheaper price. So um, it's just, it's a no brainer really to be, to be more on the Hunt side. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to move on to, to my next pick and uh, it might be a guy that we've just spoke about a little bit, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's Trevante Williams for the, for the Denver Broncos. And uh, to be honest, he's, he's got to be one of the hottest prospects in all of Dynasty football right now. Um, if anybody's listening and you own Javante in any of our leagues that we share, just do me a quick favour and t- turn this off for the next five minutes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's, he's honestly just been blowing me away this this season with his performances on the field. This week, he registered 111 yards on the ground from just 17 carries. And that all with just a, a 47% of a, a snap percentage. So... And then, but the trouble is, all of his great work is it's just not materialising into fantasy points right now. Uh, but I think it soon will be. Uh, the, the the Broncos they they still keep trudging out old man Melvin Gordon. Uh, just just get him out of the way. Uh, but but no, to be fair, Melvin Gordon's been pretty pretty decent for for fantasy this year. He's currently the RB fifteen. Uh, th- those two together, they they're an unreal one one two punch at the running back position. Absolutely dominating on the ground this season. Uh, but yeah, this isn't a redraft show, it's a dynasty show, so we have to think about ahead. And and Melvin Gordon is a free agent after the season, so you, you really got to lick your lips at the prospect of Javante Williams having this this backfield to himself. Uh, you just see in the limited chances he had, he's had, just his absolutely mauling guys, his dragon defenders on his back week in, week out. It's been it's been really impressive, and he, he leads the NFL with, with a 37% forced missed tackle rate, according to PFF. And that, by the way, there's nobody else above 30%. It just shows that how just how elusive he is for such a big guy. He's he's actually forced 35 missed tackles, which is more than actually more than 19 NFL teams combined, which is crazy. <laughs> but <laughs> and then in terms wow. of dynasty, I, I do I do sort of regret taking Travis Etienne. Uh, I took him a lot instead of or over Javante Williams, but obviously the the ETN season-ending injury is making that look a lot worse right now. But but yeah, I've been trying to buy Javante Williams for the past month or so, and it's it's absolutely proven impossible. I recently got knocked back for two firsts and a second earlier last week, um, so I, I need some help from you guys. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do you think the best strategy is to go out and try and acquire a guy like Javante Williams in Dynasty right now? Yeah, I'll just start by saying it's nice to talk about the the second best running back out of North Carolina. <laughs> Looking forward to talking about Javante Williams a little bit. But to be honest, I, I tweeted out about him um, last week saying that I was struggling to to think of a, 
a deal to put together to get Williams. Obviously, I was looking to get him. I think everybody's looking to get him at the moment in Dynasty. But yeah, I spent two, three days just trying to think of a, a deal to put together. So I'm probably not the the best guy to, to answer this question for you, Ali. But um, I think we have to now expect that his, his value is jumping again after some absolutely ridiculous runs against Dallas this past week, as you mentioned, just just running through guys, carrying them with him and just looking absolutely dominant. I think the only saving grace was that he at least didn't score a touchdown. So like you mentioned, it, it didn't give him those those big fantasy points that really stand out. So um, yeah, I think if, if he was to get a touchdown, then he'd have absolutely no chance of prizing him away from from an owner. But um, yeah, I think I think the only way you're going to get him is you're going to have to blow away um, the, the owner with a with an incredible offer. Um, if he's on a contending roster, then maybe that's your best chance of, of being able to get him. Maybe you could package him up. Uh, so you could package somebody up to to get him. Maybe someone like Joe Mixon, a guy that's been on fire lately and putting up some really solid fantasy points each week. So. As I say, if he's on that contending team, maybe they want those more guaranteed points, you could maybe say, with Mixon than somebody like Williams who's sharing that backfield. But I think if he's on a rebuilding team, then, yeah, you're going to have to put together a, a massive offer. And it's probably going to have to be some top young wide receivers like a CD Lamb, AJ Brown, somebody like that, because we know when you're rebuilding, these, you tend to go for these wide receivers rather than running backs, don't you, if you if you don't think you're going to be contending anytime soon. So I think that's maybe the only chance you've got. But to be honest, the the best strategy would be putting together a time machine, going back to your, your rookie drafts and drafting <laughs> them because that was the, the cheapest time you were ever going to get Javante Williams. Um, yeah, his value is just going to creep up. And if you think it's hard now, just, just imagine what it's going to be like when we get any kind of rumblings or feelings that he's taking over this backfield or that Melvin Gordon's going to be going to be moved on from. I think, yeah, good luck trying to get him if, if that happens. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got to say, first of all, like, there's a lot of... Uh... There's a lot of um, worries about Javante leading up to the draft about it being a little bit too slow. But yeah. what you've mentioned about el- elusive rating, it, I mean, it's not a long-term speed thing, is it? It's a short-term area, but it just shows that sometimes long long speed can be a bit overrated. I think there's similar concerns with Kareem Hunt and David Montgomery, and they've both turned out pretty well. Um, I've previously tried getting Javante for a first and a second. I've also offered Gibson straight up and... Both offers got shot down and I got laughed at. Um, I think Matt's pretty much on the money. You'll have to overpay to get him. It's going to take two first plus to get close or maybe three first in that league you've got, Ali, because uh, <laughs> that was a, more than a fair deal. What a, what a stubborn owner. Uh, but you do tend to find that you, know, you value players a lot differently to others um, in your leagues. Um, but, yeah, I think actually if you're a, a contender, you have to give – more than Mixon uh, to get him. I think rebuilding, good luck. Um, maybe you've got a chance at the draft when draft picks are a big commodity. But, yeah, yeah it's going to be a real struggle. Um, I love Javante. I've got him in four out of 11 leagues. I think it can be a little bit risky to have too many shares on a top 10 running back. Uh, injuries can destroy too many leagues. So maybe I shouldn't be uh, trying to acquire more of him. But... <laughs> Yeah, I think if you're a contender, I don't think you should be chasing it if you've got that much exposure like I have. Uh, there's also Melvin Gordon lurking. I do think if you're playing for this season, there is safer bets for a high-end running back one. So I just want to throw it back to you guys. If you are a contender and you're looking for a top running back right now on a contender, who who would you go after? Who's the first guy that springs to mind? Oof. Nick Chubb. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of guys that are acquirable right now. Um, it's it's really tough. Mixon is a good one. People are always a bit uncertain on Mixon. Um, but yeah, no, it's really tough. And Javante, Najee, they're they're really tough to 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 go at right now. Possibly Cordarrelle Patterson, who's putting up points. Every single week could be had for cheap. I mean, his his futures look at you know could be uncertain. Um, maybe someone like him is a bit more of a cheaper acquire who's going to put you over the top. Um, any thoughts from thoughts from you, Matt? Well, I was going to say Patterson, but you just you stole them. I thought, oh, I'm so smart here. I've got an under the radar guy. Yeah, I think, I think Patterson's a good shout because, as I say, he's going to be cheap to get. A lot of people know that this could be a one a one year thing, but. Knowing what we know, obviously, with the, the news with Calvin Ridley and everything, I think he's still going to get plenty of opportunities to, to round out the year. And 
the fact that you can play him as a, a running back and in, in a wide receiver position as well, I think he's a, a great target if you're contending, probably getting for a, a second. I think that, that that that's what I'd expect his value to be around. So, yeah, I think he's a great guy mixing another one that, that I thought of, like I mentioned earlier. I think he's a guy that's good for a contender where people seem to be lower on him than, than consensus, but I feel like that's maybe changing. Um, with with how he's performing this year, yeah. Outside of that, Kev, you've uh, you've stumped me. I can't really think of any. After what about James Conner? I mean, the RB one for the oh, for this yeah. week. I mean, yeah, you could get wow. him cheap. You know, um, Chase Edmonds looking like he's missing three to four weeks. So, can you get him for peanuts yeah. and and maybe ride him for for this season? Um, yeah, they're, they're guys I'd be looking at that are, are cheap to acquire. Come on, Kev, you you must have some. Um, the, the you must have some some little gem. Anyway. <laughs> Michael um, Carter. Two, <laughs> two, two guys that sprung to mind. Um, I think Dalvin Cook. He's he's acquirable still. I managed to get him in a league for um, a first, a third, and Edwards Alaire um, last week. I think as well. It'd be interesting to see the Kamara owners' mm. perception when Taysom Hill becomes a starter. <laughs> um, there might be some worry there that you can get a discount on Alvin Kamara as well. And both Cook and Kamara had their bye weeks as well. That's just one to stash away. And Parsonas. Leonard Fournette, what do you think about Fournette? Alian, obviously, being oh. a Bucks fan, seems to have taken over Don't this game. It could be a, a nice running back to have to, to round out the year if you're a contender. I'm muted. <laughs> well, you know, it pained me to say that. We're heading towards playoff season, so playoff yeah. Lenny comes out. <laughs> Honestly, I, wild. I can see, I can see it. Um, I think he was awesome after we had our bye last year. We sorted problems out, and uh, yeah, Fournette took over. Um, and I think you might see a bit of a repeat this year. I think we've got a really good mm. schedule coming up. So, so yeah, Fournette owners, maybe you're. Uh, in, in a bit of luck so so with that we're going to move on to our our next sec- section the weekly wildcard waivers uh, where we're each going to highlight a guy that you should be looking to add from your your waivers in your dynasty league so come to you first matt who is your guy yeah i'm just going to start by saying i don't think it was a great a great week for for waiver selections kev's gonna <laughs> gonna let, let everybody know that he gave us the first pick let me have the first pick after i uh, had a little dig at him last week but little did i know that there's so little this week it feels like he's just um he's just teed himself up for some some uh, love when he don't really deserve it but yeah the guy, the guy i've gone for it's it's deontay harris actually um I think following the news that we got last week with Michael Thomas now being ruled out for for the rest of the season, I feel like he, that Harris is a a guy that you can be targeting off your waivers. I, I, we know that Callaway and Traycon Smith they feel like the clear wide receiver one and wide, wide receiver two just based on the snap percentages. They're averaging around 70, 80 snaps uh, share per game compared to Harris, who's only averaging thirty percent. But Harris is, is making taking full opportunity of of the, the snaps that he's getting and, and producing more than, than what both of these guys are. Um, he, he led the Saints in targets in in week uh, in this past week with, with eight, and um, he had seven the week before. So, as I say, getting those targets, even though he's not really seeing the field as much as, as Callaway and Smith, um, I think if he continues to produce in the way that he is, maybe we see that, that snap share take an increase as well moving forward. So, so I just feel like he's a, a guy that you can target on your waivers. Um, the, the current quote about Trevor Simeon, he clearly trusted him. We saw plenty of drops early on in that game and he just seemed to gravitate towards towards Harris, af- Harris after that start. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't blow the budget on, on Harris and uh, wide receivers, as I say. They're never really the position that I tend to, to target much at, at this stage of the season. But I think if you're, the, if you're looking for, for a bye week fill-in, I think Harris is a, a good little player to pick up off your waivers if he's uh, available. Yeah, I let Matt pick before us this week. I, I, I didn't want to suffer cyberbullying again after, after last week's show. So, um, <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, but yeah, I think I think you make a great point about Aris that he's had the bye week already. Um, and he, he's, a, he's someone that can fill in and give you that big playability as well. Um, the Saints wide receiver cause wide open for this season with Michael Thomas out. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to tell you that Harris isn't usable because. There's no competition really, it can be usable. Um, it's a shame that Kevin White didn't get more snaps. <laughs> he, he did score a fantasy point this week on a forced fumble on special teams, so 
Well done, uh, Kev. <laughs> what, what a guy. Uh, but yeah, I, I do like this pick more if Simeon stays starting and keeps his job, but I do struggle to see um, Sean Payton's best man, Taysom Hill, not <laughs> becoming the starter at some point. Yeah, you certainly nailed it, Matt, in terms of this week absolutely sucking for, for waivers. <laughs> Uh, Kev, you've done, you done the decent thing, or maybe not. You let him go first this week. <laughs> but, but yeah, Harris was certainly on my list. Uh, he's been someone that's been really steady for fantasy, despite the really low snap percentages, the wide receiver 58. That's the head of the likes of Elijah Moore, Kadarius Tony, Brandon Ayuk, and, and Robbie Anderson. Uh, but th- th- that wide receiver cause you mentioned is, is just hot trash. Um, I thought that Callaway, he might dominate, but he... He certainly hasn't done that at all. So I think Harris is a hundred percent worth a, a free pickup. So I'll cut, come to your guy now, Kev. Who are you picking? Yeah, Kenny Nwangwu. Um, big fan of this guy. Highlighted him on a pod we did in May, which was called Kenny Nwangwu's Scrabble Champ. Um, <laughs> running back for the Vikings, if you didn't know already, but he was stuck behind Montgomery, David Montgomery, and Breeze Hall at Iowa State, who were both pretty handy running backs. Um, he's coming to the league as an older prospect. He did flash on special teams in college, and that's where he's made his impact in the NFL as well on uh, the weekend. A 98-yard uh, kick return touchdown. He also got a first down on a fake punt as well. So I really liked his third-round draft capital before the season, uh, and it also led to Amir Abdullah getting cut. Uh, so, he, yeah, he's a clear running back three behind uh, Dalvin and um, Alexander Madison, and both of these guys have failed to play more than 14 games in any season in their careers. I think the special team skills he has will keep him active on the, the game day roster. And he's actually my second most rostered running back. Uh, so when I was searching to see um, if he was available in leagues, he, he would have been, but I've already got him. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think he's on the he's on waves in the majority of the other leagues. He's free, he's a taxi squad eligible guy, he's a running back stash, which fits the bill. Um, so yeah, big fan of Big Kenny. <laughs> yeah, I was pumped. I was absolutely pumped to see that huge kickoff return. He was your guy before the season, Kev. So I'm really glad that you brought him up here. Um, and you just got to look at someone like Jamal Agnew on on the Jags, who's been flashing on special teams, and then he gets his chance in, in the offense. Now he's his part. He's integral to that offense. He's he's been given a bigger role as they clearly trust him more. So uh, so yeah, it's a really good pick, and we like to stash young runner backs because. You never know if they ever get a chance and that their value can absolutely skyrocket. Um, so your taxi squads and deeper benches, they, they should be full of guys like this and he certainly fits that mould perfectly. So if you if you have the room, then yeah, pick him up. Yeah, I think after a couple of big plays on special teams, the hopes is that he gets a bit of a larger role in the offence moving forward. I mean, he'd yet to play a snap on offence before this past week. So now that he's, he's shown that, that those flashes of what he can do, you'd like to think that maybe the Vikings can get him involved a little bit more with the speed that he's got. I think they've got to find a way of at least getting him some touches and, and see what he can do. Like I say, he's, he's shown what he can do in the return game. So, yeah, I'd like to see him get an opportunity on on offence. And I think long-term, in terms of dynasty, I think he's definitely a, a great stash, Kev, that you mentioned that the, the draft capital, he had a third-round pick. I mean, yeah, you'd like to think that they're going to not just make that selection in the third round just for a guy that's going to sit on special teams, however good he is on special teams. I think he needs a shot on on offense, and yeah, hopefully he can start putting up some some fantasy points. Yeah, two good picks. So we move on to my guy, and it's uh, <laughs> Jeff Swain. And uh, <laughs> I just want to say, fucks a who? <laughs> well, the apparent Titans tight end one, Anthony Ferks. He, he logged just a. An average of 35% snap percentage the last couple of weeks. Swaim, he's been elevated to a lofty 75% average and appears to have blown past Ferkser for the, the tight end one role. Uh, not only that, he's seen five and four targets the last two weeks and he's also caught touchdown in both of them contests. And then with Derek Henry going down to the injury, the, the Titans can't replicate his production like for like. So Tannehill, he feels, going to have to use his arm more. And Swaim looks like one of the ones who's going to benefit, especially when it comes to the red zone where he's been one of the main targets the last couple of weeks. So, and and then with the tight end position struggling so badly this season, you might just need a plug in filler guy for, for maybe a bye week So Swain, I think can really be that, that cheap pickup and, and maybe plug in and play. 
Yeah, I think he's clearly a tight end one now for the Titans. And with both AJ Brown and Julio Jones constantly on the injury report, that could potentially open up more opportunity for Swain further into the season. Um, to be honest, I doubt you're going to feel good about picking him off your waivers, but any tight <laughs> end who's playing around, as you say, 75% of offensive snaps and averaging four to five targets a game, I think you've got to roster a guy like that, given the, the state of the, the tight end position. Yeah, great minds on this one, Ali. It was on my shortlist as well. Um, this year's Furks are the good 2020 version, not the <laughs> 2021 bag. Um, so, yeah, I think Swaim is a journeyman tight end, he, but it looks like to be a big beneficiary of the Derrick Henry injury. He's still going to be touchdown dependent, but most tight ends are. He, he's worth a punt in tight end heavy leagues, or if you've had a nightmare rostering guys like Blake Jarwin, Adam Troutman, and Swaim's teammate, Anthony Ferksey. <laughs> yeah, that's certainly you just described me rostering Jarwin and Troutman. So. <laughs> and me. <laughs> Maybe we have to pick him up. Uh, so that brings us to the end of tonight's show and where we've discussed some of the key players and talking points from this week's action whilst analysing them from a dynasty perspective. So is there any final thoughts on today's show? Come to you first, Matt. Yeah, I'll just start by touching on what I mentioned at the start of the show. Just an absolutely ridiculous week in the NFL. I mean, Josh Johnson, QB4, James Conner, the RB1, Malik Turner, the wide receiver seven, and Steven Anderson, the tight end three. I mean, I've not even heard of Steven Anderson. I thought he was a darts player. So, um, yeah, just an absolute, an absolute crazy week. Um, I mean, seriously, why do we even bother trying to predict this crazy game? Because, yeah, it's, uh, as I say, I've not even heard of half these guys that, that put up these great fantasy performances. Um, but yeah, it's crazy to think that we're entering week 10 already. Um, like we mentioned for the last last couple of weeks, really. Um, but I think it does need to be said again that you need to be making your moves now if you're looking like being a contender. Um, the closer you leave it to your trade deadlines, a lot of leagues are going to be approaching the trade deadline just before you get to your playoffs. Um, the more the price is going to rise for these these contending pieces, these assets that you could probably get a little bit cheaper now, the longer you leave it, I think the more the more their value is going to bump up while while people are taking advantage really of these these contending teams. So yeah, that just been my advice. Um, just just make those moves now before it's uh, it's too late. Yeah, what an absolute carnage of a season! My toughest yet in dynasty. Um, all the injuries, the low scoring across all of my leagues. But it's nice to see other top guys like Scott Connor openly finding the grind tricky. Also, um. I think the amount of random terrible players becoming fantasy relevant this week is mind-blowing. Um, it does make it the best, most unpredictable game we play, though. So <laughs> I think second half of the year is when rookies really pick up their fantasy performance. So be targeting the underperforming ones with first-round rookie draft capital. Um, basically, any of the QBs are really good targets. Um, and just touching on earlier, do what you can to get Javante. All three of us have him top nine in our dynasty running back rankings and that's going to look pretty conservative when he's a second rounder in 2022 dynasty startups um if you picked up scotty phillips uh last week on my tip unlucky um <laughs> it's not redraft give him another week or two uh, i did warn you it could be a quick fling and then lastly ali mentioned ferksa who but i just like to say fusu who um <laughs> i know he got a little mention last week for uh, taking sort of sermon over Elijah Mitchell. We had a little exchange on Twitter, and to be <laughs> fair, he did own it. He took it as a loss. Um, so fair play to Fusu for on that one. Um, what a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. I uh, just want to follow that up. We've just saying that, them, yeah, them trade deadlines are approaching and you really can't afford to leave your team short, if, especially if you're a contender. So so just act now. And and yeah, what, what a crazy week it was once again. The Jags beating the Bills, the, the Cowboys losing to the, the tanking Broncos, the, the Rams losing, the Saints losing, the, the Bengals, the, them getting a hiding. Um, so yeah, I honestly don't know why I even try and bet on the NFL because it <laughs> ever works. <laughs> and you, you certainly made a great point about the rookies, Kev. It, it really can take time to adjust to the NFL. So players like the wide receivers like Elijah Moore, Te Terrace Marshall, get on the terrace. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rondell Moore. Um, I still think they're great buy buy targets for me. Um, I believe that they will come come good, and then you just have to trust trust your process, Kev. Holy <laughs> um, <Bloody> Sam Arnold. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, the picks will start to become more expensive as we head into the fantasy playoffs and the, the teams at the bottom of the leagues, they start to look into the next draft class. So to just make your moves now while people don't value them as as being as being that valuable at the minute. So mm-hmm. that's it. So thank you for tuning in and be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Wildcard and, and join us on our next show, which will drop on Tuesday the 16th of November, where we'll be recapping all the key points from week 10. So thank you once again. Have a good one and we'll see you soon. Bye. <laughs>